0: Welcome to Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and high regulated industry. We're talking fintech, regtech, sextech, and more with thought leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to share insights, trade viewpoints, and get us all thinking about responsible innovation. And here is your host, Dara Tikowski welcome to tech on reg everyone the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law technology and highly regulated industry today we are talking web 3.0 but before we get started have to do another huge thank you to tech on reg's premier sponsor bai bai exists to give financial services leaders the confidence to make smart business decisions every day Through research and training, BAI serves banks, credit unions, mortgage lenders, and a slew of non-banks as well. Thank you again BAI for your continued support and all of my listeners, be sure to check out some really great free content on BAI.org. Okay everyone, before we introduce our guests today, I would like to set the stage. While the internet has brought us a great deal of benefits to society and the economy, it is no secret that it has some pretty serious defects. A suite of new technologies, including blockchain, are actually laying the groundwork for a much needed internet upgrade and paving the way for what developers are calling Web 3.0, a new, more secure, more user-centric internet. Doesn't that sound nice? Recent discussions around data privacy, fake news, bots, and not to mention the almost daily revelations that we have about hacks, data, and identity theft have made it crystal clear, at least to me, that today's internet has some serious defects. The issues are many and they're complex, but the problems in my mind boil down to really two basic ones. One, the fact that the internet, as originally conceived and built, doesn't actually have a native built-in tool to clearly identify who the sender of information is. And two, there isn't a native way to ensure that the data that's being sent across the web hasn't been altered, copied, or otherwise manipulated during transition. So what does that actually mean? Well, it means that us, as users, have to rely on third parties to make up those deficiencies. So today it's not the internet, but it's social media platforms, it's Google, it's the search engines, e-commerce sites, financial institutions that are built on top of it that actually provide you and I with our, quote, online identities. They hold our personal data and act as gatekeepers of information enter figment.io and today's guest james perillo gm and lion tamer at <laughs> figment hi lion tamer hi. so i want to talk about figment in a second but i can't even move past this first question without saying like james you have to spill it what is the story with your title
1: yeah sure so it's sort of a it's sort of like an inside joke um so where i came from and and, and uh so when i it's, when i met with Lorian uh, gable the ceo of figment and uh, was offered the job. Um, I had previously been in tax accounting, and so uh, when he offered me the job, I said, "Okay, well, what, we're trying to just, just figure out what my title would be and what my role would be at the at the company." And um, in addition to being general manager of our venture capital fund uh the other role that i play uh, well well, so what i was was i was i was an accountant before this right and there's a monty python uh skit where uh an accountant goes into like his boss's (laughs) office
0: do we do we do we know where the skit's from does make appearances in any in any movies any titles that we would recognize
1: uh, I think it, I don't know if it was a movie or if it's just like, I think it might've been like part of their show. I think they had like a show, okay. like, a, 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 like a, a sketch show. And, um, essentially like he goes in, he goes into HR and he's like, I don't want to be an accountant anymore. And he's like, <laughs> what do you want to be? And he says, "Like I want to be a lion tamer. And, Perfect. <laughs> and it just goes back and forth between the HR representative. It's like, well, do you know how to, do you have any experience with lions? Right? Like, do you, and it's like it's kind of, it's very, it's very funny. And he's like, no, I just want to be a lion tamer. And, and by the end he's like, yeah, maybe I'll just, maybe I won't be a lion tamer, but ultimately Our like, uh, that it was, it was offered. It was like, it was a skit that, um, figment had included in my offer, uh, letter that like, I could click on the link and I could, I could watch it. And, uh, and it was like one of those things that was just really special and kind of, it's a really, it's, it's a, it's sort of like a meta, like a, a symbol of of what it means to work here at this great company, and uh, how how we are we have a sense of humor, um, but we're also uh, doing things that like have never been done before. And so it takes a little bit of like a, a leap of faith and, and uh, the ability to just kind of say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out, and I'm gonna figure out how to do it. So it's been re- it's been a really great experience so far. I've been here for um, about six to twelve weeks, depending on how I think about it.
0: Okay, so from tax accountant to lion tamer, uh, what's happening at Figment? So Figment describes itself uh, as having a mission to support the adoption, growth and long term success of the Web3 ecosystem. Um, And that's Figment's sort of unique approach. Figment wants to make it simple to build on the next generation of blockchain. Um, And so, okay, so you said that you were in charge of fund. Talk to me about all of the different ways that Figment is Supporting Web three,
1: yeah, and it's changing every. It's it's, it's literally changing. Um, not every day, but but we ha- we have a a very broad, and, and we think of ourselves as uh, as as sort of like a, a neutral uh, party in blockchain. And so I think where we start. So the company's been around for four years, and uh, when we started uh, about four years, and when we started, um, our our first service was uh, staking infrastructure. So we provide state infrastructure. Uh, For proof-of-stake networks, we currently provide it for over 40 different networks. And what that does essentially is it helps to validate transactions on the blockchain for proof-of-stake networks. Um, That was number one. Following that, we also have uh, something called Learn, which is a, a, a platform where Web 2 developers can learn more about Web 3 and how to develop and to build applications on top of the networks that figment provides infrastructure support for Um, this is a it's, it's an incentivized um way for developers to learn about it about about web3 figure out how to build on top of it um and then ultimately uh get credentialized and if they produce content uh incentivize them through tokens uh of the of the networks that they're learning on how to build so it's a really great Tool And we've heard that certain networks even point to figments learn before they bring them on board and try to onboard them um, to to learn how to build on the, on the networks. Um, Another project. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool and really forward thinking. And it's, uh, it's currently being updated in a lot of different ways that are going to be super interesting. That's going to include NFTs and uh, ways to like kind of badges to, to improve on the, um, the experience and help credentialize folks, um, in the community. Um, also, I would say that we have like a very large, like external developer base. And so our discord channel has like, I think over 3000, external, uh, developers that are, that are, that are, that are, you know, working on problems and fixing problems and and helping each other, um, when they have a question. And so it's, 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 it's sure it's a, it's a figment, uh, discord channel but it's really a community of of developers that are helping one another out.
0: So you're the GM of Figment's fund, right?
1: Yeah, so there's two other things that we do, right? So there's data hub, which is a, uh, well, essentially first it was full node. It was like, we run full nodes, which essentially is like uh, indexing all of the activity that's happening on a blockchain and organizing it in certain ways that is helpful for searching, right? And so developers that wanna build a DApp on top of a network, don't have to run this this full node of all the data that's been been uh, produced and exists on the blockchain. They can kind of just query uh, the node, and so um, what we've done is uh, Figment also um, maintains full nodes um, and, and and provides access to full nodes for developers on DApps, and so we're doing all of these really cool things that developers in Web three want. Access to right and they look at us and they say wow look at all of these things and all these tools that Figma has built This is a really great resource for us. We really like working with them We also have a governance uh, team that's doing great work uh, like Elizabeth Barnes and Parker and um, And Gavin are doing great work over there And and so we're doing all of these things And in addition to that What we can also do and what we just started in launch was our inaugural venture capital fund which allows to so before before well. we
0: before we get into the fund cuz we're going to spend some time we're going to spend some time in the fund um I think it might be worthwhile for listeners um you know uh you live in the world of web3 uh you know I've 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 done a fair amount of research there but I think it might be helpful to back up for a second and talk about what web1 and web2 was and why web3 is so uh, different and then also why it's so important so For everyone listening, um, to understand what Web3 really is, I think uh, we got to understand what the previous versions of the internet were really like, um, and why Web3 is so unique and different. First phase of the internet, we can really just characterize as uh, the way users initially interacted with it as passive, right? They were passive consumers of content. In other words, Web 1.0 was about reading, not writing, Um, and the content was quite static. It was not dynamic the way our internet is today. That totally changed with Web 2.0, which was the next major phase of the internet, all about interactivity and user. So in this, in in Web 2.0, that phase, users created most of the content, we're on twitter posting we're pop we're updating wikipedia and you didn't need to be a developer to post content on youtube and to create all of uh you know uh, the much much of the content that we consume today um on a daily hourly by the minute basis um this internet our internet today is more social it's more collaborative but that is what basically uh, had us pay the price. So the downside of that ability to easily participate in the internet and create the content was that we were also, myself included, uh, and everyone else who's using the net as providing a ton of personal information and data to the companies that controlled these platforms that allowed us to be content creators and contribute it to Web 2.0. Now, why Web 3 is so frickin' cool and different, I'm actually gonna let James tell you about.
1: Yeah, so if you think about web two as like disrupting web one, right? Um, Or no, you're not disrupting it, but just like an addition to web one. Web three is a very fundamental disruption and giant leap forward in in three tenets of what the internet is today versus what it will be tomorrow. Um, And that's that the web three is open, it's trustless, and it's permissionless networks it creates. Um, so, what do those three things mean, right? So, open in that they are built from open source software, built by an open and accessible community of developers, and executed in few, full view of the world. It's um, so it's transparent, and uh, nobody owns the code, which is super interesting, right? Um, you can't get access to a lot of current companies like code and and create a create like a copy and paste it essentially um so which creates a lot of competition which is good uh it's trustless in that the network itself allows participants to interact publicly or privately without a trusted third party in between um meaning that yeah which is great um you can either say who you are or you can remain anonymous and, and and those are are that's You own your privacy, right? Um, and, and, and third, permissionless. In that anyone, both users of the platform and suppliers of, of data uh, can participate without authorization from a governing body. And what that governing body could be would, could be, you know, a corporation, it could be a government, but it's permissionless in that I don't need someone else's permission in order to interact with with, with, with people, however I want. And so that's a fundamental shift, right? From where we are right now to where we're going. Um, it's super interesting. It's exciting. Um, it's disruptive.
0: Any risks about that, that you see, particularly the permissionless aspect of it?
1: yeah i think there's some concerns right and i think that we've seen i I think there's some concerns from existing governing bodies that uh look at it and they think that they're losing control i think i think the concern that we see mostly is that people who are in control today are going to potentially give up control tomorrow and no one likes to lose control that's in control and so we're seeing um regulations being passed but but and the the real challenge is that like uh, there are there are be- there are good ways to go about making change or, or about regulation, um, and, and part of it has to be educate. Uh, <laughs> I, if, if it, if I, I, I say a, that yeah. as a
0: professional who lives in the wonderful world of regulation, um, and I'm only being like a little glib, but
1: yeah, I mean, you know, if it's coming from an edu- a perspective of someone who's educated themselves in the process and understands what they're regulating, then sure, let's talk. Um, but I think a lot of the time... That's
0: always how it works, right? Yeah, it's
1: more knee-jerk, I think, than that. And typically, you feel like you're losing control. And when you're losing control, no one likes to lose control, right? Even of like ourselves. And so when you feel like you're losing control, you start to just react. And I think we're seeing that a little bit right now from governments.
0: So, I mean, our internet regulations are, we'll say, outdated as, as they as they presently yeah. exist. I think they were outdated the day after most of them were passed, uh, which have happened sort of in a very piecemeal way. There's never really been a comprehensive set of rules and regulations uh, governing the internet, at least not in the United States. Um, And literally like we see see Facebook rolling their own ads over their platform talking about how outdated internet regulations are and we need updated internet regulations without actually telling us what they think those are supposed to look like. Um, so the cynic in me is just like let's let's put a let's put a pin in that Facebook because we don't actually know what you're advocating for, but the point is is that I don't think fundamentally the issue is wrong. Our regulations of the internet are not comprehensive they're they they are outdated. they don't really jive with the way users are using the internet now. So how does the development and eventual deployment of web three do you think will impact how our regulators Will have to start regulating the internet. Should they ever endeavor to put together a comprehensive set of rules?
1: Um, it's a great question. I, I think um, just thinking a little bit about it, uh, you know, the regulations that are in effect right now have not led to more competition. It's led to less. Um, it's a way, uh, you know. Um, there's there's for many reasons uh the company that you mentioned has done whatever it can by either through acquisitions um or through just competitive practices non or non-competitive like very competitive practices to to create a situation in an environment where they're like maybe the only game in town and i think what web3 does is something much different which is that you know it's open source right um
0: the best teams
1: building the best product are going to be the ones that are successful. And so that's a very fundamental like a paradigm shift in like how things will, will move. There could be four of the same exact thing that are using the same exact code. And so how that thing, and how those four things over time change and develop will be different based on the developers that are building on it and the supporters and the users that want to have some say in it. Uh, we have no, I mean, that there, there are corporations that are owned by, by millions and millions of people worth billions and billions of dollars. And when you look at who has actual control over like but are non-voting sure. shares, right? And so there's one person who makes up all the decisions. It's an oligopoly, essentially an oligarchy. We're
0: going to, we're going to pick on Zuck for a second, just cause like he's easy to pick on. Um, or we can just okay. say he, he, who shall not be named, um, but like, do the Zuckerberg's of the world and those few people at the top of sort of this internet data pyramid, uh, do they just absolutely detest this notion of Web three? Because won't it just mean that we're really taking away, um, you know, the material that drives their primary sources of revenue? Like, how do they explain um. that to those shareholders?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it is. I think it's going to change, you know, and I, I, I'll try to think of it from an optimistic perspective. Right. And so good. I we think need at least one that, optimist uh,
0: on this interview yeah. right now. And it's sure as heck not going to be me. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll try. I'll try. Uh, it's Friday. So Friday so yay. All right. I'm excited to, to start the weekend and get some sleep. Um, but I think, um, I think the, the one thing I would say is that there's a lot of organizations out there that hold a lot of customer data and client data, and it would be really great if they didn't have to do that, right? I mean, they probably view it more as a liability than they do as an asset. I'm not sure how much companies make off of personal you know, information. Maybe, maybe Facebook makes more because they can do targeted ads. Um, but I think you know, generally, my person, Jim Perillo's personal information uh, is not in and of itself very valuable. Right. And so when there's a hack, um, like on Equifax hack or something like that, and they lose and they get hacked and all, everyone's data is like is stolen. That's such a huge liability. It would be wonderful if there was a way um, where they didn't have to hold that information in like an unencrypted way on a database or in a spreadsheet somewhere. And so Web3 actually like blockchain probably is the solution to that over time. And I think what we'll find is that while companies view this it's a short-term threat but if they embrace it and they learn about it and they figure out ways to work within the system that you give up certain things that are maybe control over control over 100% of what you of what you have but the op- there's different opportunities and so if they look at it from a different per- from a different lens or from a different perspective i think that a lot of these companies may actually be able to kind of shed some of the bad will that they've that they've created over the years, and, and maybe even build some goodwill, um, maybe, <laughs> and, and still be and still be successful. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Pro- probably not. But, um, but otherwise, there will be another company there, or another organization, or a DAO, um, which is like a decentralized autonomous organization that's controlled by the users and 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 that are, is owned and voted on by individuals. And, and, and companies that own some some tokens, and uh, th- those those organizations are, are likely the future. Um, there will be fewer well, corporations that are owned by a few, and there'll be more well, let's decentralized. Let's talk about some of those organizations
0: because I promised you we were going to come back to the fund. So we're there. we're we're, ba- we're back talking about sure. the fund. Um, you are general manager of the fund, leading investment opportunities for Figment. Tell me about what interesting things you're seeing. Where you guys are focused right now with the fund, and how it sort of uh, weaves into everything that we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, th- I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot going on right now, um, and it's uh, it changes at a, a rapid pace, and the innovation is so so fast that, that it's 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 really sometimes difficult to keep up. Um, I work with, we have a really talented group of folks here. Um, I work very closely with a number of people, um, like my partners, like uh, Clay Menzel and Gavin Birch, who are um, the kind of two people who I work closely with, like on, on evaluating some of, the, some of the deals that we work on and some of the, some of the teams that we're, we're meeting with. Um, but also we have an investment committee that kind of looks over what we're doing and, and make sure that we're, we're on track. Um, one of the, and and so we just came from the Masari Mainnet, which was a conference in New York city that was held for three days, uh, which kind of brought together like investors, but also had a ton of builders and developers there. And it was one of the most interesting things I've been to probably in my entire life. And the people that I met are there to do a lot of really cool and interesting and build a lot of interesting things on web three. Um, they're there to disrupt, right? They're there, they're there to shake things up. And to question what's going on, and so one of the one of the big focuses I would say that we're seeing right now is like interoperability, right? I think.
0: So tell, five tell, years ago, tell tell my listeners what that um, means.
1: Yeah, sure. Interoperability. So it's like it's really interesting. It's really important. It's been something that's been talked about for a really long time, um, but has been up until now has like not been a reality. It's been more of like we want it. We know it, we we want it, and we don't know how to build it. And so people are starting to build it. And, um, and it's starting to become a reality. And so what what interoperability is, is, um, it's when two blockchains that are next to one another, um, are, they're written in different code. They have, they have different processes in place and it's hard for those two. It's almost, it's, it's actually impossible for those two blockchains to interact with one another. Right. And a lot of people think about blockchains and they think about cryptocurrency. Uh, so it's like, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, right. Or. Cos- uh, Cosmos and Ethereum. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. There is a cryptocurrency, and I couldn't exchange uh, one crypto. I couldn't exchange Bitcoin with you, Dara, um, if, without using like, some sort of centralized exchange. right? So, so if we had a centralized exchange, I could just trade Bitcoin for Ethereum and say, okay, great, I've done it. But there's no way for you and I to interact if we both hold it and hold custody of our own assets, um, not through an intermediary. There's no way for you and I to transact um, in a trustless way, right? Meaning that, like, if I don't know you, why would I ever send something to you? And then say, okay, and Dara's going to send it back to me. And since so is going to send me the Ethereum, like, I trust her, right? I have to trust you. And so, trustlessness is a core tenet of how Web three is is got it. It's a core tenant of Web three. And so, interoperability are they're being labeled as bridges, essentially. But it, what it does is it bridges that gap, right? There's like a moat in between Bitcoin and Ethereum or Cosmos and Ethereum. And these, these, these bridges will ultimately allow for folks to transfer cryptocurrency, but also more importantly, information and data that's stored on one blockchain and move it and share it on another blockchain. And that is going to open up a ton of opportunities and new, exciting technologies and, 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 and applications of the information and the technologies that we haven't even thought of yet.
0: Very cool. So last topic uh, I think we have time for is really, we're gonna just, we're gonna end the show talking about the concept of privacy. Um, the concept of privacy as a right. Um, the EU got on board with that well before uh, any of us uh, or any of the regulators in the United States yeah. did. Much of that may have to do with some of those very large corporations that we were talking about before. But do you think that, at least in the United States, certain states are picking up on it. We see privacy bills and legislation across all of the you know, uh, the state legislatures, um, some of it being passed with more success than others. But do you think that the renewed emphasis on consumer privacy, at least particularly in the United States, is going to help move the Web3 initiative and and push that figment mission forward?
1: Um, I don't think that we're waiting for the government to come in and save us. Uh, I think that Web3 ultimately is going to provide the solution. um, And it already is. Um, You're able to share who you are or what information you want to share um, when you want to share it and when you don't want to share it or whomever you don't want to share it with, you don't have to, um, there's, there's a lack of focus on this and to, to, a, to a degree that seems almost like, um, uh, not negligent, but just like incredibly irresponsible at best. Um, it's so slow. slow. The US government no, no, slow. no, no, ar- no argument here and it's not even it usually doesn't even have the teeth it needs or it's not even as effective as anyone wishes it was um, we do not have a right to privacy in this country unless right? unless um, you're a resident of the state of
0: California and so and then you have a li- and then you have a little bit more
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean i guess but like also like you know i there's there's discussions of like i think like uh some social media, some social media platforms, they create private. They they create profiles of people who have never even logged into the into the into the application. Right, um, like my father has never had a Facebook account. I'm sure if he logged into Facebook, we know
0: all the things um, about like, hey, you. <laughs> like
1: here. He, he, Here's your account, right? Here You might know these people and uh, here's some photos that you can tag yourself in. And the guy's never even been on the thing before. They create these like shadow profiles, I think they call them, right? And then if I was to even um, delete my account, uh, you know, if I come back a year from now and say, you know what? Actually, I wish I hadn't deleted that. They're like, oh, don't worry. Here it is. It's restored, like you you haven't lost anything. And so there's a real fundamental, there's something fundamentally wrong with be, like right. being able to be forgotten, the right to be forgotten, right? I think is like, I think that's what the EU says, right? Yeah. That you have the right to be forgotten. And we don't have that right for some reason.
0: Well, we don't have, we don't have any comprehensive federal privacy law, period, um, in this country. And then the privacy yeah. laws that are right. being rolled out state by state, um, while share similarities are still quite different. So, if you ask me, should a resident of the state of California have a different privacy right than a resident of the state of Florida? No. You know, US citizens, if, if there are going to be rights associated with our personal information and privacy, um, those should apply equally, regardless of uh, you know, regardless of what state you live in. But so we're we're approaching the end of our time, James. And if there were, you know,
1: yeah.
0: one thing you'd wanna leave listeners with about uh, web three and what the future internet is going to or ought to look like what would you say
1: yeah I would say that it's, it's, it's a lot right? it's like overwhelming at times and it seems like it's too much to learn or that it's like too futuristic or it's too complicated I would really recommend that you know you look into it a little bit and one place that you can look is at figment figment absolutely it's figment, www.figmentio dot io excuse me um and we have what we're trying to do is take uh, uh the confusion and like sort of some of the we're trying to put it in simple terms that people can understand um twitter is a great resource as well but we have a, a lot of avenues and a lot of wait wait can places you, that you can, can you
0: can, can can you say that again twitter twitter is a great resource
1: yes yeah, so twitter is actually a great <laughs> resource for uh for for cryptocurrency and and web three actually uh it's called like crypto twitter and so i mean it's overwhelming and it's tribalistic at times um like anything else but
0: taught me something new today james you taught me something new
1: yeah but i mean i'd be happy to share some (laughs) some thought leadership that we we've we've produced on there and that we've that we've also like linked to a lot of um interesting amas that we prepare as well as um just like Learning sessions so that you can learn more about it, and we really think that like the more educate the more you educate yourself about Web three, the more powerful you realize it is. And still so early in the space that we're seeing Web two developers coming over in droves from all across the all across the world, right? And you're going to be able to work with people from across the world, across the country, um, and and get to meet really interesting people online uh, that share similar values to you. Maybe not all of them, right? But some of them. And that's a good thing. And it's exciting. And, and you find commonality in, sometimes even in your differences.
0: Uh, well, James, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, and everyone, again, if you are interested in learning more about Web3, if you are a developer, check out Figments Learn, um, figment.io. Can't thank you enough for being here. I would love to check back in with you after a period of time and see uh, see what progress is being made. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for having me. This has been really great. Um, you're doing an incredible job. Love the love the show, and uh, you know, I'm a big fan. So thanks so much.
0: Aw, thanks, James. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening.